Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Anafreilcha Chanukah, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Miketz, Shabbos Chanukah. But before I discuss either the Parsha or Chanukah, I think it's most important to remind everybody that this afternoon we have the privilege of lighting first Shabbos Chanukah and then Neros Shabbos. And therefore, we have to understand why you cannot use the small colored candles for lighting Hanukkah this afternoon for Shabbos Hanukkah. The answer is, and I'll explain why in a moment, that the candles have to burn for at least an hour and a half. Where do we get that cheshbon from? The answer is that Whenever you light near Hanukkah, the candles have to burn from the proper time of lighting near Hanukkah, which is at the end of Shkia, at the beginning of night, approximately 5.10 in the New York area. And therefore, it has to burn from 5.10 on minimally a half an hour. We're lighting Shabbos candles at 4.14, so we're lighting Hanukkah candles approximately, and probably the latest, around 4.10. So we have to go from 4.10 to 5.10, which is one hour, and then comes your additional half hour. So, therefore, the small colored Hanukkah candles are not to be used this afternoon. One should use either oil which burns for more than an hour and a half, or Shabbos candles. And therefore, one should try to have, if they can, a menorah, which takes the larger Shabbos candles. And if not, Alpidin, you don't need a menorah. It's nice to have one for Hidur, for enhancement. So you can take these tea lights and line them up, put the shamas away from the three and have your um, uh, lights, Emir Hashem, please God, the four uh, lights for the night of, uh, for tonight's lighting of the menorah have them lined up and that way your tea lights will burn at least for an hour and a half. I'd like to this morning connect Hanukkah and the Parsha by giving an interesting introduction as to what will be the amplification of a beautiful concept found in our Torah in the fifth book, in Parshas for Eschanan, in chapter 6, Pasuk 18, the Torah says, V'yasisa hayoshar v'hatov b'nei Hashem. You are to do what is fair and good in the eyes of Hashem. Now this is another Pasuk that we can't really understand the Pasuk without the assistance of the oral law, because after all, by observing the 613 mitzvot, we are going to be doing what is yoshar and tov in the eyes of God. It's going to be fair and good. 
<coughs> what is the Apostle coming to teach me? The Gemara in Bava Metzia 108 teaches us that among the different laws that this Pasuk is teaching is that of Bar Metzra. To give you an example, how the Torah makes us into good people. That if you have a situation where you have two neighbors, that their properties are next to each other, contiguous one to another. And even in a situation where, unfortunately, they might even have forgotten why they're not talking to each other. But if one of the neighbors is moving, he has a fair price as to what he's asking for his property. He has to swallow his pride. He has to knock on his neighbor's door and say, Look here, I am moving. This is what I am asking for my property. And you have the right of first refusal. This is the law of Bar Metzra. Now, listen carefully. Even though he might want to sell his property to his best friend or somebody else, the halacha is he must go. Why? Because he wants to get a certain fair market price. He'll get his price. But at the same time, it is beneficial for the one who is his neighbor to have two pieces of property that are adjacent one to another. And even if he should not make that trip and and knock on the door. Should he sell it to somebody else? According to Jewish law, he can go to Bezdin, and Bezdin will uproot the sale because the Torah builds in that you are going to be a quote-unquote good guy. Pride in our Torah. The Torah makes us into good people. Now, let's go to this week's parsha, And where are we? We're in a situation whereby Yosef accuses his brothers of being spies. Yosef puts them in jail for three days. And he tells them they've got to go back and bring their younger brother. They feel this unbelievable pressure and they stop and they pause and reflect in chapter 42 Pasuk 21 what might have caused this situation (coughs) (coughs) that they're in this tough spot now listen to what they say they say one to another we are guilty. Now, what are we guilty of? Looking back over the last 22 years, what might they have done? Now, you and I, who are the audience, are shouting out, we know what they have done. What they have done is, Gewalt. they sold their brother. No, that's not what they say. Listen carefully. They believed, if you go back to last week's parasha and look in the Sapurno, they believed they were justified. They believed that Yosef was a Rodave, and therefore they were justified in selling him. But what are they guilty of? Yes, has something to do with our brother. What is it? That we saw... Tsoras nafsho, we saw literally the anguish 
of his soul, when he begged us, pleaded with us, and we didn't listen to him. Ah, Alkin, therefore, Bo Elenu Hatsaro Hazos. Now watch, what are they saying? They're not saying that we're wrong for having sold him, we're wrong for not having had Rachmanos. Because after all, we should have gone Lifnim Mishuras Hadin. We should have gone beyond, beyond the letter of the law, and not just in keeping with the letter of the law. Very, very interesting. Now watch. Let's take this one step further. What is Hanukkah? Hanukkah is just that. Lifnim Mishuras Hadin. It is going beyond. How so? The Talmud teaches us, based upon that which we find in the fourth book of the Torah, Pesach Sheni, whereby the Torah says that on the anniversary of their exodus from Egypt, Hashem says to the Jewish people, observe the holiday of Pesach. Men come to Moshe and they say, we can't participate in the Korban Pesach. We are Tomei, ritually impure, having come in contact with a dead body. So, everybody knows the law. If you are Tomei, until the ashes and water of the Porah Duma have been sprinkled upon you, you cannot be Tohor. You're not pure. You cannot partake in an offering in a Korban. So, you're exempt. They say, no, we don't want to be exempt. We want. So, Hashem gives them the second opportunity of Pesach Sheni. Instead of observing Pesach in the month of Nisan, <clears throat> they have their Korban on the 14th of the month of Eor. Now watch. The Torah in Parshas, Baha when he gives over these laws, does so by saying Ish Ish, any individual. An individual goes to Pesach Sheni up to 49%, but if 50% or a little bit more than 50%, the majority of the Jewish community are impure, then Tuma, Hutra, Bitsibur, then the problem of impurity becomes lifted and becomes permissible, and the entire nation can bring the offering in a state of impurity. So here, the majority of the people were Tamei, the the entire Beis Hamikdash was Tomei, use the Tomei oil. And from the letter of the law, points out the Pnei Yoshua on the Gemara Shabbos, that they could have used the impure oil. But what? They went Lifnim Meshura Sadin. They went beyond. We're not stopping. We're going to look. We're going to look and try to find that one pure jar of oil. Why? Now the Bach says, why did we lose the Beis Hamikdash? Because Nisrashlu Ba'avoda, because unfortunately their attitude and their seriousness of t- of mind and commitment to the Beis Hamikdash had waned. They had taken it for granted. We've had it. We always will have it. It became second nature to them. They lost the base of Migdash, meaning that the Greeks came and uh, overruled them 
and overran the base of Migdash. Now that they were victorious over the Greeks, they showed an incredible desire. We're not going to use the Tamayoil. We are going to try our best to have only the pure oil. And guess what? Because they went lifnim mishuras hadin, they went beyond, so did he. So did Hashem. Hashem went beyond, and Hashem created a miracle to match their enthusiasm, to match their dedication. And this is such a powerful uh, concept that we have to learn as well in terms of our lives that we too are to go not just to satisfy the letter of the law but to go beyond in that very special spirit of the law of Vyasisa Hayosha Vatov. The Jewish world this past week lost a great Godol. Rav Aaron Leib Steinman Zatzal, who lived to 104. Now, once again, Lo Almon Yisrael, the Hashem always provides that there is leadership for the Jewish people. The fact that we've been privileged of late in the last few generations to have not just great leaders, but leaders who have been especially elderly. Rebel Yoshev Zatzal was approximately 103, and now Rav Steinman Zatzal, 104. I'm just going to tell one story to say that he was a masmid, that he studied all the time, and to say that he was brilliant, and to say that people came for advice and blessings. I just want you to hear just one little story, because this is what makes a gadol, and that is that after his wife passed away, a family member noticed a change in his Friday night protocol. How so? For years, Rav Steinman would always ask for a second helping of fish at his Friday night meal, which he stopped doing after his wife's passing. And even when the family members would offer him that second helping, he said, thanks, but no thanks. And Rav Steinman later explained to them when they pressured him that he doesn't even enjoy fish, but he was always asked for a second helping out of respect and appreciation for his wife, who worked so hard each week, Erev Shabbos, to prepare the fish. And therefore, out of his desire to give her satisfaction, that he enthusiastically asked for extra fish each week, for 60 years. That's a gadol. I don't have to tell you that he was a big tamachacham, but I have to tell you that he was a super mensch. I just want to say that if we want to ask ourselves, what could we do to go lifnim meshur hadin? It's worth your while to go and get a copy of his tzavah, of his will that he left for the family and for the Jewish community. And in essence, it shows that in his passing, the incredible um, anivos, the incredible uh, humility with which he lived his life, the humble abode, is reflected in his savah. But he says, listen carefully, that anyone looking to memorialize him, to assist him, should learn a chapter of Mishnayis daily until the end of the 12 months. A chapter of Mishnayis is for 
many, many people too much to take upon themselves. But I would like to suggest one Mishnah a day. You knew him, you didn't know him. That is not the point. The Jewish community lost a Gadol. We have a chance to go for each and every one of us before we go to sleep at nighttime. Take that additional few moments. Learn a Mishnah. It's going to help your sleep and it's going to help yourself fulfill the Yosisa Hayashar Vatov. Shabbat Shalom and a Freilacha Chanukah to all.